Welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast, a place where we talk about the power of love and its creative expression in our lives. We talk about all things related to growth, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Hello, and welcome to episode 76, Falling in Love with Your Soulmate. Antje was born in communist eastern Germany before the wall came down and was single her entire life before she finally hired her own love coach, discovered the magnetize your man method, and attracted her amazing, handsome, and supportive husband, Brody. Now she helps thousands of high-value women all over the world for over a decade to attract their man to share their life with and have a loving long-term relationship ASAP without loneliness, frustration, or rejection. In today's episode, Auntie and I will talk about the power of finding your soulmate, and guess what? That means falling in love with yourself. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. Today, I have a beautiful guest, Auntie. Welcome. Hello, Corrine. How are you? I'm so good. I am so excited about this conversation, talking about relationships and magnetizing your man. So this is going to be a really juicy conversation for those ladies out there that are looking to find their person. So I always start out this podcast talking about how and when you fell in love with yourself and what was your journey to to your heart and how do you now take that those lessons and those experience and funnel that into the work that you do as a service to the world? Oh, such a great question, Corinne, because I grew up in in Eastern Germany and an emotionally absent household. And so, you know, like my parents really didn't know how to communicate love. I always say words like I love you or hugs were as common at Christmas, uh, as common as Christmas and Thanksgiving falling on the same day. And um, I remember I was like 18 months old. I was trying to crawl into my mom's bed and she would like roll over. I mean, 18 months, right? Like you're like a little baby. You're like, you know, mm-hmm. you had a little nightmare. Maybe you dreamt of broccoli because, you know, you had to eat that for dinner and, you know. <laughs> yeah. And she rolled over and said, Stör mich nicht. Uh, in that moment, I internalized that means in, that means in German, don't bother me. Mm-hmm. And that became my core belief, right? And so many women actually have this like, yeah, like I make sure I'm not a burden. And so I actually, instead of like loving myself more, I actually like really started denying loving myself. Right. And I made sure, oh, I don't have any needs. I don't really need anyone. Right. Because that's the best thing. So I became this independent. I learned how to disassociate from myself, from what I authentically feel. And I thought that was a good thing. You know, Mm -hmm. I thought it was perfect that I went grocery shopping by myself by the time I was eight years old. And what's wrong with all the spoiled classmates who actually were told that they were loved and like they got hugs and you're like, Oh my God, like so like emotional. Um, But you know, when it really hit home for me was when I started dating, attracted a lot of emotionally unavailable men, because of course, as you can imagine me having to constantly deny my own emotions of course, had me attract men into my life who also were denying their own emotions. And so that's when I realized, well, wait a minute, I'm the common denominator. All right. So now we're coming back to loving ourselves, right? Like, you know, right. and, uh, you know, I just really realized, wow, first of all, 
I don't even understand like what working models are, what's going on inside of myself. So I got myself into UC Berkeley, studied personality psychology, and actually got really involved with attachment style theory. And that's a, that's about like how a child is bonding and infant is bonding with a primary caregiver in the first, uh, you know, about like 12 to 24 months of life. And, you know, through myself, workshops, seminars, but it was really interesting, right? So even though I was already helping women to attract the right man, because they would always say, oh, Antje, you went to this workshop. How was it? So they kind of were learning vicariously through me, right? right? right. But I was like, girlfriend, I have, I have nothing to show you. I mean, I'm like my longest situationship is like two and a half months. So I'm there's nothing to be proud of or like to teach here, you know, but they actually ended up attracting. So I, I thought, okay, so there's something right with the concept, but there's something wrong with the integration, right? And that's when I realized, well, you know, I wasn't really loving myself. I had one foot in the door, one foot out the door. You know, I was not acknowledging my anger. I was not acknowledging my sadness. As a matter of fact, I thought emotions are the waste of time, right? They're very inefficient, economically speaking, right? It's like, then oh, you go into this whole thing. It doesn't get you anywhere. Let's just kind of cut all of that and, and just, just be logical, right? But then, of course, that didn't really help. And so when I ended up doing that work, right, like learning how to love my rage, right, like learning how to love my my sadness, my grief, as a matter of fact, I was on a date and this guy was saying, I, I don't buy this BS. I don't buy your happy-go-lucky sunshine. Oh, really? Sunshine. Yeah, he literally said that. I remember we had like our feet in the water in Manhattan Beach. I'll never forget it because I was like, oh, how dare you? Like, you don't even know me, right? And he's like, there's like a lot of sadness underneath. And so that started my journey of self-love. And I don't think it was a coincidence that, you know, about like nine months later, which ironically is also like the, how much, how long a pregnancy is, right? I met my husband Brody and he told me the first night we met that I'm the girl of a story, right? So he reflected back to me, okay, now you said yes to yourself, to all of who you are. And I'm going to say yes to you as well, right? Because it's a perfect reflection. Mm-hmm. And so now we're like eight and a half years later you know (laughs) nice well I you know I totally believe in that like falling in love with yourself like dating yourself being the person that you want to be and being the love that you want to give in the relationship is so important Mm -hmm. 100% yeah and it was actually I really believe that a woman hands a man an emotional resume how to treat her so if you don't love yourself so let's say I'm on a date and let's say I shared something, but it's kind of vulnerable. Maybe it makes me even sad, but I don't love myself enough to actually acknowledge that. But I'm like, no, that's that's embarrassing. Like, so I'm just going to laugh it away. Then that's going to be very confusing to the man. And he's actually going to feel like I can't really trust this woman because I know something just happened in her body. I don't know exactly what it is. I think it was sadness or something like that. But now she's laughing. So she's kind of like backing off, right? She, instead of advocating for her needs, she's actually like kind of disassociating and disconnecting from her needs. Why? Why is she doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but being vulnerable is very, it's a beautiful word. It's a nice <laughs> idea, but it's not necessarily always easy, especially when you're someone that's highly sensitive and you take in things deeply all the time. 
Yeah, so, absolutely. Absolutely. And Go so when it, so what do you like what's your advice for ladies and for your clients that really are very sensitive and very highly emotional and highly sensitive but also have this exterior of like I'm going to not show my vulnerability to everyone cuz otherwise it's like you're kind of like an open book all the time which is a good thing in a lot of ways, but like, how do you navigate that space? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's actually what I mostly work with is highly sensitive women. So you just hit the nail on the head already, Kareen. And oh, wow. <laughs> it's, you know, what's really funny is when I tell the women that I said, you know, yeah, you're this badass and you're this doctor and this lawyer and the CEO. But I'm like, you're actually like really sensitive. And they're like, like, how did you know? How did you find out? I mean, I successfully hit it. Behind right. all those walls, about all those achievements, right? Or they cry, right? They feel like you see me. You're like I can't, I can't fool you, right? And and I'm like, yeah. And that's what what the man wants to see. And I think the first part is actually creating a positive association to the emotions that you judge the most, right? Okay. Because because like women are saying. Well, Auntie, I can't. I can't be that vulnerable because he's gonna judge that emotion the same way how I judge. Mm -hmm. I would say, what's well, about being secure in your insecurities? You know, like 11, 12 years ago, this guy was telling me, like that I that I'm too affectionate. I think he said he, I kiss too much or I hug too much, and uh, that was already after I've done the self love work, right? And so what I could have done is I could have gone into uh, what we call shame shields, right? And I could have like said, well, who do you think you are? You know, like you're, you're not much better. Or I could have denied it. I could have been like, oh my God, no, just kidding. Like I was, no, totally. I don't need that many hugs and kisses. Mm -hmm. Right. So I could have gone many different routes, but I was like, that, that's me. Not even like take it or leave it because that's almost like passive aggressive again. Right. Yeah. But just like, it's like, imagine somebody's telling you, uh, you know, you're wearing a purple shirt. Like, uh, okay. I guess. That's Thanks you for noticing. Like I, mean, I don't know <laughs> that because it's a fact. You know what I mean? Right. It's not like it's a fact, right? And then what's interesting is, and here's what gets like, wow, really complex. It's actually I was coming from a place of alignment, and I said the quote unquote wrong thing you could say because women are like, aren't you know? Because now you're gonna lose some now. You're going to yeah. rock the boat. Like now he's going to like totally be like, okay, well, we're done then. Because, you know, obviously you just said that you're needy and I can't fulfill your needs. Right. But I was actually coming from alignment. I was actually coming from self-love. Right. But his comment was actually coming from misalignment. Right. His comment was coming from a place of like disconnection. Right. Like fear right. of intimacy. Right. Like, oh, I'm, I'm so close with aunt here. And I got to just like throw something sarcastic in there just to kind of create a little like distance again. Right. So that my nervous system can feel spacious again. And so because his comment was coming from a misalignment, he actually ended up collapsing and he actually said, oh, no, just kidding. I love when you hug. I love when you kiss. And, and so that was like the unthinkable um, because that's what women never think about. It's like, wait a minute, like a man could actually change his mind and he could actually buy to my reality. I didn't have to like, you know, accommodate his reality. Oh right. my gosh, what? So yeah, so that's that's the work, right? It's like actually like making sure you can do the wrong thing with the right energy and you'll get the right outcome. Mm -hmm. But you can do, you can say or do the right thing 
with the wrong energy and it's going to collapse because always the reality that is coming from a place of alignment is going to actually quote unquote win. Right. Yeah. Is that I love too that. complex? <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I totally get it. And I, it totally makes sense to me because I feel like when you're living in your truth and you're living in your heart and you do, you're expressing the true essence of who you are, like, for, like wearing purple to me, it's, this is like an expression of who I am. It's part of my vibration. It mm -hmm. totally aligns with who I am, the, the message that the color purple sends out. So I'm 100% comfortable wearing purple every day, all day. I love it. And if some guy came to me and was like, I don't know about this purple, I'd be like, oh, you don't like purple? Okay. I do. It's yeah. not going to shift my, it's not going to shift my reality. That's right. If you don't like purple, you don't have to hang out with me or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to be like, oh God, I got to wear purple. I got to, I got to change my outfit. Where you, years before, I would have been like, oh, I need to wear, I need to change who I am so I can fit his mold. Where now I'm just like, no, I'm here. If you want to be here, be here. And if you don't, cool. That's exactly. There, there, yeah. There's other women out there that don't wear purple. You can find another woman. It's all good. But that took years of being comfortable in my space. I mean, it took quite the number of years to be like, no, I'm good. And it's still a work in progress, right? Because it's like a spiral. So every time I'm, you know, I'm not fully, I'm like, I'm great, but there's always more that I can shift and grow and learn and deepen my alignment, deepen my commitment to myself and my love, you know, so it's an endless of journey of growth. But there's a certain level where I feel so confident in who I am, where I did not have that years ago. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. Yeah. And I think another important step is really falling in love with the emotion that we judge the most. So, you know, we can either pick, usually I pick highly charged ones. Mm -hmm. So it's either sadness or anger. Those are the most charged ones that we have the most shame around. Right. So mm -hmm. for example, if you grew up in a household where you were told, well, stop crying or I give you something to cry about, then mm -hmm. sadness that becomes the shame, right? Or like, oh, really? Oh, you have to like have a little pity party, right? So you're almost being belittled um, or in a condescending way, right? Like if you have a narcissistic parent, emotionally unavailable parent, like that's going to go, um, that's going to go into your unconscious, right? To judge that, right? To actually always be the adult and like to no never collapse, always be, always be resilient, you know, always be strong. But if you grew up in a household where maybe there was a lot of violence, right? Like uh, maybe even just verbal violence. And what did you say to yourself? I'm never going to be like that. I'm never going to be that angry. I'm never going to let go of control to such an extent and 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 lose lose it, right? Because like that's no, like I'm not going to do that. That's like so immature, or that's or that's threatening, right? That's endangering other people. I'm never going to do that. Then anger becomes that part that you judge the most. Yeah. So that's something that you have to look at, right? And then the next step is to actually create a positive association to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I um, I definitely resonate with the sadness because that also took years to overcome and falling and allowing myself to love. I mean, that's where I feel like love is medicine where to start infusing love into those spaces yeah. where I can figure, so I can figure out a way not to necessarily always be so depressed mm -hmm. and finding ways to like look at things in a different, from a different perspective. 
And gratitude was always one of them for me is to start shifting. Why am I sad? And also, you know, I think it always comes down to lack of love, like feeling like I'm not loved or I'm not loved in a certain way will Mm. always bring me back to that sadness because that's always been my core pain, like feeling like my parents don't love me. People don't love me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. Like when I first started on this whole love journey, I thought that I thought I was special. I was like, I'm the only one that was not loved. You know, like... Right. Uh And it's amazing how when you start talking to people, it's almost everybody's story. Like almost everyone will say like, oh, on a certain level, they didn't feel loved. They didn't feel supported. They didn't feel seen. They didn't feel validated. You know, maybe it wasn't their parents, but maybe it was a teacher or or students. Somewhere along the line in this human life that we call on the planet Earth, not feeling loved is a very, very common core wound that most people have. And then we they turn to relationships to fill this void, which I was the queen of. And you realize that these relationships just are never going to work because you have not healed that pain inside yourself and filled yourself up with love to be able to attract the man that truly is going to love you the way that you want to be loved or woman that you want to be loved or trans or whoever you love. Um, you're not going to be able to attract the man or the person that you want until you realize how you want to be loved. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that's an important quality too. Cause I know for me, like that idea of being in a relationship and the kind of love I wanted was always like TV, Hollywood, you get flowers, you get this, this is what happens when you're in love. But until I realized what I actually loved about myself and how my love gets reflected to others, and I started to understand like, oh, actually, I love when people do this. I love to give this. I love, I love, I could understand love in a deeper way because it means it's, it hits differently because I understand myself in a deeper way. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And otherwise, it's really called what's called like a codependent relationship, right? Like, so yeah. my husband and I, we really teach how to become into an interdependent relationship. And what that means is like, you have to be independent first, meaning like you have a couple identity, but then you also have an individual identity and they're always cohabitating together, right? That's not like, oh, I'm just kind of, you know, my individual identity is shrinking and then the couple identity is growing. Or, you know, and they're also not separate, right? They're always like live together with each other. And that's the practice, right? It's like really saying, you know, oh, you want to go here? Okay. And even though that makes me sad, or even though, let's say, maybe abandonment issues are coming up or separation anxiety is coming up because the thought that maybe my boyfriend, um, like not my boyfriend, but like, let's say you have a boyfriend or or even husband um, goes, let's say, on a man's weekend, right? then that's actually the self-love work, right? It's actually saying like, okay, so what can I do this weekend? Not like tell my husband, can you please not go? No, that's codependent because now he's going to walk on eggshells because of course men want to make you happy. I mean, if a man really loves you, he really wants to make you happy and he doesn't, he doesn't want to feel guilty, right? So he's going to actually start shrinking like his desires because he doesn't want you to feel sad, right? Like which right. man wants to be responsible for you feeling sad? And so... No, you don't want to do that. You want to give him the freedom and heal yourself and then vice versa, right? Like you also hand him the resume to be like, oh, by the way, I expect that from you too, mm-hmm. that when I do something that you heal yourself. Like if some shame comes up for you, when I mention something that didn't work that during that day, obviously you're not going to emasculate your man, but you know, we, we point out things We're like, oh, that was a little, okay, great. That's something for you to work on. You know, that's not my responsibility. 
That's 100% what I was just having a conversation with my friend yesterday was he was asking me like, what's my ideal relationship? And I was like, I want a man that's independent, that has his Mm -hmm. own independent life. He Mm -hmm. is in love with, he's passionate about his work. He has a purpose. He's fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And he wants to share his life with someone else, not build a life together in a way that's like we're dependent on each other. More like he has his life. I have my life. And we coexist, but, you know, he can do his thing. I can do my thing. But we have an ebb and flow where it's not like I'm, he needs to be with someone to fulfill his needs. And I don't need anyone to fulfill my needs. I'm fulfilled because I have so much love and passion in my life. And so, so does he. And we can come together in a beautiful way. Because all I've ever known is codependent relationships where, you know, and it's, and I was in one. I was the one that was codependent on that was like my first real boyfriend. And it was cause I didn't, I was so desperate for love that I was like holding on to this person for dear life and it's suffocated. It's, I mean, I'm sure he felt suffocated <laughs> because when it happened to me, when I was receptive with the person that was codependent to me, I was like, wow, this is such an intense feeling. Like having someone just be like, they can't breathe without you, which all our love songs seem to perpetuate. <laughs> <laughs> oh don't even get me started there you know what I, I, mean, mean? <laughs> I mean this is our this is the example of what love is it's a codependent jealous needy relationship that the media music movies all buy into so we all believe that this is what a relationship looks like but it's not true there there are relationships that can be built on something stronger on a stronger foundation because love in my mind is freedom it's inclusivity it's compassion it's empathy it's about supporting your growth like i want my love is here to help you grow not for us to like be in this needy relationship and that i need your love so i can survive like that just isn't to me that doesn't feel like love that feels like fear absolutely and also we have to be willing to feel our own let's say helplessness or powerlessness so let's say because a codependent uh relationship and, and it could be even like with a girlfriend it doesn't even have to be like romantically because we're talking about self-love in general right Right. Um, or with a coworker, with a boss. I mean, you can have codependent relationships with uh, in many different directions. Um, but you know, like sometimes we have maybe this experience that somebody feels like they really need us, right? Like maybe they're depressed, or maybe they're going through a phase. And to me, also that self love work is actually like being with that part that feels helpless and powerless, and maybe can't help in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, that was my healing aspect with my mom Korean like my mom always wanted to be rescued and I got to the point where I'm like mom you didn't even fill me up when I was little so I'm still learning to fill myself up and then in addition to jumping in the water and like hopefully pulling you on land while you're trying to pull me down it it just like it's not making any sense it's not gonna work you know what I mean it's gonna cost both of our lives and I'm not willing to do that so what I had to do is actually massively grieve through you know what, like everybody chooses their own life, right? Everybody has the power to change it. Everybody comes across a book, a person, an inspirational story. I do believe that everyone has a chance to turn their life around, but it depends on them, them wanting it, right? They're motivated enough and also them actually making the right interpretation from what occurs for them, right? But we need to give up. Like a lot of women have this like, I'm responsible for the other person's, 
you know, if you had emotionally right. unavailable parents, narcissistic parents, for for the other person's sort of well-being. Right. I can't be in the presence of them being sad or them being depressed. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a big one, especially with family members. Like you want, especially when you're on a journey of self-development and personal yeah. growth, you want to then extend that to like people around you. Yes. But I've learned as well as what you mentioned, it's like you just have to love them and send them love and send them prayers that they figure it out. I think the best healing that I can do is heal myself. 100%. And and really work on becoming a better human and allow people the space, the non-judgmental space to figure it out for themselves. And they may not. And I think that's the part that's always kind of like they may never change. Like my mom may never change in this lifetime. And so it's like, I just got to love her and accept it and accept Mm -hmm. that that's how it's going to be. And, and it's okay, you know, and it's okay. And that's, and for me, it was letting go of that judgment because I was so judgmental. I'm like, how could you want to stay in this situation? Like, don't you want to grow? Don't you want to move? Like, why are you stuck? Mm -hmm. And I had to have that conversation with myself because there are areas in my life that I'm stuck, that I was stuck in for many, many years and there's certain, you know, so I'm always on this path of growth, but not everyone is. And I have to allow people that grace and be like, okay, some people are not interested in growing. They're interested in kind of staying in their pain because that's what they need to do. And that's their path and that's okay. And I think it's hard when you're a go-getter, when you're like, come on, let's all jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> right, right. We want to like control our environment, you know what I mean? And like make sure we're all... And, you know, and also trusting that, let's say you let go of five people that 15, 20, 30 new people are going to come into your life because you are that lighthouse, right? That now you're even more aligned because you just said no, what doesn't work for you. So people are like drawn to you, right? You're this light. It's like clear who you are and who you're not. And I remember when I, um, I did this like really silly skit years ago. It's called The Cuisine of Infinite Possibility. And it was just like outrageously just silly. I mean, it's just like so freaking silly. And like, you know, my my very like grown up adult like kind of friend, right? She's like, well, that's a little embarrassing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that on YouTube. You know what I mean? Like everyone, you know, and it was just so funny, right? But it was like really yeah. childlike. And I was like, you know what? But that's part of who you I, I actually am authentically. Right. And so so that's also the invitations just and now my husband loves it. I mean, I I dance like a fish and we're doing like happy hippo dances in the kitchen. And I always say we should have our TikTok channel and do like (laughs) just that. You know what I mean? And he like totally loves it. He's like, Schnucky, really? By the way, we have those funny nicknames for each other. And um, (laughs) but he loves I know he like totally loves it, you know, and for a while I would actually go into his office and just be like, yippee. And then I would like walk right back out and just. Just had a spontaneous outburst of joy uh, going back to <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, like, how can you say yes to all of those parts that are inside of yourself? You know, also the really joyful parts, the really happy parts, the really silly parts, the really outrageous parts, because that's another thing where we play small, especially when we're, like, at events or, you know, we're just kind of like, okay, you know, what's the dress code? How should mm-hmm. we behave? When should you arrive? You know, what gift should you bring? And it's like, wow, what if you just risk like <laughs> totally breaking the dress code and just like wearing something that you felt so good in and you just right. you just bring your light and your joy and your happiness, right? Absolutely. And I really feel like that's key to the self-love part. Cause when you're in that space of I I 
love myself, it's not just about self-love. It's like more of the vibration of love in general. And I think we say self-love because that's kind of where it's easiest to start Mm -hmm. for some people. I think a lot of times when people have kids, that also helps them get into that love space because they love someone else so much that sometimes it can help them love themselves. So I think it depends. Certain people have different roads of figuring out how to get to that love vibration. But for many people, self-love is a great place to start. But once you get to that place when, you, when you're in love with yourself, then it just vibrates as love in general, where you just mm-hmm. want to spread love to in general and you become in a state of love. And I think that's the ideal state of just being in that space of receptivity, of generosity, of compassion, of empathy. And then life just has a different flow and a different texture because now you're not necessarily vibrating at a place of fear and lack. It's more of like, how can I share an abundance of what I have to give to others? 100%. Yeah. And how can you receive all of who you are? Because I feel like we're really good at receiving ourselves at our best because Mm -hmm. we worked so hard for it. But can we actually receive ourselves? Meaning, let's say, you know, you're on the state again. And you feel the sadness. Can you receive the sadness in that moment? And can you just let that land? Or your silliness or your your anger, uh, whatever that is, and like let that actually have an impact right. on yourself. Nice. Well, let's get into the infinite love questions. Yeah, let's go. So how, I mean, this, this question is kind of fun because it's everything that you do. But how do you express love in your work? I think for me, it's really actually supporting my women. Like I help women who struggle with trust issues, attracting emotionally unavailable men, and to actually normalize everything that they make wrong, right? Like, oh, Auntie, why I can't be that angry with this person? Or Auntie, I can't like say that. Really? Let's role play right now. So (laughs) it's like, actually, not only can you do it, but I'm actually like just magnifying that even more, right? Like blow him out of the water even more, right? Go the complete Mm -hmm. opposite direction. (laughs) And uh, to just see that liberation and that freedom, literally that just shackles Mm -hmm. energetically breaking off them because they're actually like really sensitive emotionally. So they know exactly what they need and where their boundaries are. And for Mm -hmm. them to actually be able to, to express that and to stand in their own truth. Oh, it's, it's incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so interesting how it's so scary and you know in the beginning anyway to really be very clear on what you need like I need this this will make me feel this way like and you only get that clarity when you know what you have done the internal work to realize I actually need physical hugs and kisses because that makes me feel grounded and connected like you won't know that unless you understand like where you are on that scale of how you receive love and how you give love so I think it's so important to have those conversations of, of what you need. And I feel like that definitely shows signs of emotional maturity. Because when I was 20, I had no idea. There's no way I could have told anybody what I needed because I was so deprived of love. And now I could be like, well, this is what I need. This, you know, I could, the communication is so much, it's so much richer and deeper when you go on this journey of self-discovery. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, and then to really say, oh, Angie, you can't, you know, I had like one client, um, Annette, and she said, actually, like, I can't be that rage monster. Like, you would be, like, scared. You would, like, run away. I'm like, try me. And she <laughs> was able to do that, right? And she ended up um, attracting an incredible man who she actually knew from 20 years ago. So that's oh, what really? I mean. It's like when you come into alignment. And it was funny because she asked him when he reached out to her on Facebook, 
I'm just curious, like, when did I come into your the forefront of your mind again? Because it's been kind of 20 years, you know? And he's like, oh, just like, you know, the other week. And it was like literally that time when we did this intense rage work, right? And really, like, what I really said, that's not your max. Let's go, right? Because she was so used to just kind of like being angry at like a level six or so, because that would already be freaking out everyone enough. And I'm like, no, let's let's bring it all. Let's put it all on the table. You yeah. know, there's more. She's like, what? More? What? You can hold more? What? You know what I mean? So, yeah. Because then she was able to actually come into a full self-actualization and also move into her next emotion. So she finally broke out of this, um, like this orbit almost. She was like orbiting in this one emotion because it was never fully expressed, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. So where has forgiveness brought more love into your life? Oh, um, definitely forgiving my mom for being a narcissist and for, for, you know, for being harsh and for being emotionally manipulative. Um, and that then of course meant that I had to forgive myself as well for being that because, you know, narcissist, like, like a daughter of a narcissist will have narcissistic tendencies because monkey see monkey do. Right. So for me, it was also like, oh, if somebody calls me a narcissist, <sighs> because I forgave myself for it, I don't have shame around it. Right. I could be like, not that anybody calls me a narcissist, but even if somebody would say selfish, I'd be like, yeah, I can be selfish sometimes. You're absolutely right about that. So, yeah, that was like a huge one. And then can I say a second one? Because it was yeah, of course. Cool, is yeah. um. So I was emasculating men a lot because I never forgave my dad and I was making men wrong. I was actually looking for ways to punish them. And so also doing whole, the whole work and like uh, forgiving the masculine for being the masculine, for like not being the feminine, right? Like actually understanding what the masculine is, what they're good for and what they can't do, you know? So that was really a huge one for me too and forgiving my dad for not following through on a lot of promises that he has made because that way I could actually let the hope die that he's going to turn around. Right. But it's huge because that allowed me to bring in my husband where there was no hope. There was just pure showing up. There was pure follow through. I call this a builder versus a dreamer, right? So my husband is a builder versus a dreamer who just talks the game. Uh, but then when it comes to implementing you know not so much right like so right. uh but i would have not been able to do that yeah had i not had done you, had you not work. released because you would have attracted another dreamer exactly yeah mm -hmm. another one who makes me all the promises like my dad did mm -hmm. and doesn't follow through mm -hmm. yeah so forgiving that aspect of your dad or your relationship or your perception with him allowed you to attract something entirely different yeah 100 yeah. percent Forgiveness is everything. I mean, it's like such it a really powerful, is. it's so powerful. And forgiving our parents, I think, is like key because they're the ones that cause the first initial wounds that we all carry. And it's a spiritual practice. It's not just like, you know, some people that do it in a vacuum, they're like, okay, I'm going through this workshop, so I'm forgiving. Okay, I've done that, Antia. I'm like, whatever <laughs> you're saying, I brushed my teeth yesterday. Okay, it's like it's an ongoing process, it's, girlfriend. You know what I mean? It's never ending. I mean, it gets easier. I think yes. it's like, you know, I feel like there's an end. It's endless. It's like an onion. You uh, you can forgive a bulk of it, but then there, 
areas. Like I, I thought I forgave my dad years ago. I was like, oh, I forgave my dad. And then something came up. I was like, oh, nuts. There's that anger yes. to be released. And so I think it's a where what I love about having a lot of self-love is like you allow yourself that compassion and that grace to be like, okay, like there's angles to this that I haven't seen before. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, thank you for allowing, you know, whoever the man is. I think oftentimes it's a man that kind of triggers these pain points that we have around our father, father figures. Totally. And my initial response would always be like, oh, I hate men. I hate they you know, they always do the same thing. And really it's like, okay, this is, this is a man that provided a, a beautiful opportunity for me to heal this aspect that I have, that I have, that mm-hmm. I haven't really addressed. And now this is a different perspective on how I can bring more healing to this point, pain point. Totally. And once I was able to get to that perspective, it's like, I welcome those situations. I'm like, oh, you ghosted me? Great. How do I get healed from this feeling of rejection? This is a wonder. I mean, it's not wonderful, but it's like, okay, this is a new opportunity to go deeper and to heal myself on this level, you know? So as, so I feel like that gives it, you feel more empowered when these rejection moments happen. Cause it's like, oh, okay, this is an opportunity for me to heal, you know, God's, you know, God's rejection is God's protection. It's like one of those things where you're like, okay, this isn't, this isn't for me, but this is an opportunity to heal. And this is an opportunity to me get closer to what I want and what I deserve and what I'm worth. You know, so I think perspective is everything. 100%. And, and it's also saying like, well, where am I ghosting myself? Right? Like, right, exactly. Or which emotions do I reject inside of myself? Where am I rejecting myself? Yeah. So. I think it's so interesting because I have a, I have a friend that's uh, very hypocritical in the things that she does. And I used to be so judgmental about it. And then, re- then realizing like, where am I a hypocrite? Where, yeah. where, where, you know, where, cause if, she, if I wasn't a hypocrite somewhere inside myself, it wouldn't bother me that she was a hypocrite. Right. right. Cause you'd be like, Oh, she's a hypocrite, whatever. Mm. And I was just like, Oh, this is, you know, so whatever you're annoyed by is something that you have. Mm-hmm. So it's <laughs> like, Oh, okay. Like with that perspective, I'm like, Oh, okay. So how can I heal? Like, how can I not be a hypocrite? Like, how can I heal that aspect of me so that it's not, it doesn't bother me because people have the right to be hypocritical. If they want to be hypocritical, they should, they could do whatever they want. It shouldn't affect me, <laughs> like how I move into the world. So, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's you spot it, you got it, you know, and it's like, oh, it can be really confronting, you know, it can, it be. can, can be pretty intense, you know, Especially, like, Especially, oh. yeah, it, it, it can be painful. <laughs> what is the most compassionate act someone has done for you? Oh, wow. I mean, I had a time in my life where I was going through the dark night of the soul. And I mean, people were writing me uh checks uh you know like just helping me like to to you know to afford my personal development journey um had me stay at the house so i've i've experienced a lot of generosity uh when i was in the beginning stages of my personal development um when i didn't have the self-worth yeah so i would say that that's like definitely um massive you know because there was really nothing in it for them you know, and the amounts that were contributed to me were just absolutely insane. So much so that the fiance of that particular woman even said, have you lost your mind? You know, <laughs> and she's like, I know she's going to pay it forward. So I'm going to do that. You know, that was like 15, 14 years ago or so. But yeah, that was just where I really realized God has my back. Like there's people in this world who, yeah. And then, of course, I, I did last last Christmas, I, I handed out like, whatever hundred dollar bills at our church like we just had this one moment where we could go down and bless certain people 
Mm-hmm. And um, and I, I with the same words, you know, that I received 14 years ago. So, yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Okay. I love what that. goes around comes around, huh? <laughs> I, absolutely. So, what do you love most about your life? What is not to love? I mean, I'm in love with my husband of eight years. Like he's we're aligned on literally all levels. It's literally the easiest relationship I've ever had. And I get to live my dream life. I mean, I get my work with my dream clients, help them. I mean, I just had like two women who I have to record for my podcast because they're, they have such an incredible journey, how they met their man and how this work of self-love has just really massively changed their life forever. And we have our baby on the way, you know, so I just everything. I mean, I really don't know where there's no expansion. You know what I mean, Karine? You got me at a really good time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm happy for you. That sounds amazing. Oh, thank you. How do you feel you receive love? Um, how do I receive love? I would say very mindfully. Um, they like kind of making sure I feel safe with it. Not just saying, okay, well, thanks for that. But actually being like, it's safe to feel love, right? It's mm-hmm. safe to receive. Okay, hold on. Let me just kind of receive that compliment you just gave me. But it's like, oh, yeah, thank you. I love your hair too. Um, it's like, okay, hold on a second. Like very present, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And lastly, where has love created a miracle in your life? Well, I would say definitely like bringing in my man because that's, how I met him, I mean, I, you know, I went to Hawaii, uh, Oahu, uh, you know, to finally go on a sabbatical to take a break from men. And 10 days later, I met my husband, you know, so by me actually loving myself, because the sabbatical was to love myself, to go on this whole like self-love journey for a few months. Um, it was the opposite. And, and to this day, it's like, it's in a way unexplainable, logically, like spiritually, it's totally explainable. Mm-hmm. But logically, it's like, how how did that happen? I just, this is crazy, you know? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Nice. Well, how can people connect with you, work with you, um, and get in touch with your world of how to magnetize their men? Yeah. So first off, if if you are a single woman and you're like, gosh, Antje, that's, I mean, that feels like very interesting to me. I don't know quite exactly all of what you're talking about, but it sounds really great. <laughs> and I want what you have and all your clients have. Then, first of all, hop on over to mymquiz.com. So I have a free quiz there uh, that you can take and actually see where are you on your journey? Where are some of the blind spots that you're not aware of? Because I have so many women who feel like I'm doing all the things, mm-hmm. but there's like things that you're not doing or you're not doing it in the right way, right? Um, and of course, also, I have my YouTube channel. So follow me on there as well. Auntie Boyd, or you can just magnetize your man. Uh, I just want to say .com, no. Just magnetize your man on YouTube <laughs> and on podcast. You know, so just follow me on there and let's get the party started or let's keep the party rolling, depending. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. This is a beautiful conversation. I love your energy and I love the work that you're putting out in the world. Everyone deserves to be in a loving, amazing relationship. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Corinne. You're such a light. (laughs) Thanks. Sending you lots of love. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. 
For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.